Welcome to Let's Talk Adoption with Marty Caldwell, bringing you the latest information for families seeking to adopt, adoptees, and women considering placing a child for adoption. Now, with today's program, here is Marty Caldwell. Well, thank you for joining us today. If you have adoption questions you'd like to send to me or you have suggestions for upcoming shows, please email me at info at letstalkadoption.com. And remember to sign up for our weekly um, show reminder at our website, letstalkadoption.com. We also have a free newsletter there that we'll send out to you by email, giving you all kinds of information and some uh, coupons for um, items for adoption that can help you in your search or in your uh, adoption journey. Today, we'll be exploring the love languages of adoptee. Um, Very important. We have a great author. She's been on the show before. Um, She's a speaker also, Sherry Eldridge. Sherry is passionate about those touched by adoption. She has written two great adoption books, 20 Life Transforming Choices Adoptees Need to Know and 20 Things Adopted Kids Need to Wish Their Adopted Parents Knew. So her second one is, again, uh, 20 Things Adopted Kids Wish Their Adopted Parents Knew. Sherry is also the president of Jewel Among Jewels Adoption Network, a nonprofit educational organization. Welcome to the show, Sherry. Thank you, Marty. It's great to be with you. Well, I really appreciate you are on vacation, and you're taking time off on your wonderful vacation to uh, join us today, and I really appreciate that. Uh, that's awesome. really dedication. So I know you really have a lot of passion to help um, people that are touched by adoption, and um, we've got some great things. You know, we're going to talk today about the love languages of an adoptee. Briefly share with us what a love language is and why is it so important um, that we know about this. Well, the love language of an adoptee is very important because I'm sure there are listeners out there, parents and those who may be married to an adoptee, have an adoptee for a friend that have tried so hard to show love to them or express their love to them, and the adoptee cannot receive it. Mm -hmm. Instead, they may become offended or, you know, you you just can't get through to them. They just Mm -hmm. don't get it and they feel like they're hitting a brick wall. Mm -hmm. And so what I would like to do is try to explain what the adoptee's mindset is and what we actually hear when certain statements are made so that listeners can learn to speak the love language of the adoptee and actually get through to them. And that's so important because I know that I'm I'm listening to the five love languages, you know, and I have one also for our children, and we all have – you know, languages that we understand and that we don't. And, and this is really a very apropos because uh, adoptees, and I know that I'm guilty of a few of these we're going to share today that uh, I innocently have used that maybe uh, have been really um, not the best thing to use when speaking to um, those that have been adopted. So I'm excited well, to get over this. Yeah, we're all guilty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and that's one of the prerequisites, I think, for this time together, you know, mm-hmm. for us and for listeners is that, uh, you know, there's, to be no guilt. Right, yeah. Well, thank you. That's good. <laughs> but it's important that we share this, too. So you say that adoptees often feel, you know, experience this finger over the blackboard emotions. And so yes. basically when they hear these things, they're things that maybe we just don't think anything of. We think we're paying them a compliment mm. or, you know, making them feel great because they were adopted. And instead, it's like, you know, if you did run your long fingernails over the blackboard, I mean, mm-hmm. physically, think how you would cringe. Yes. Well, emotionally, that's the the reaction that the adoptee has. It, it produces mixed feelings, you know, both sad and happy feelings, and it just feels all mixed up inside. And so they, they, they get mixed feelings because of, um, because it doesn't, the resonance true in, their, in them? 
That's right. They get mixed feelings because the incoming information, whatever you know, someone is saying about adoption, does not ring true with what they know in their innermost being uh, has happened to them. And is and this so? It, it it just creates dissonance. Mm-hmm. That's what the cl- clinicians call it: mm-hmm. is cognitive dissonance. You mm-hmm. know, it's just the finger over the blackboard feeling. Wow. And and do all adoptees uh, feel this? Does it occur? And you know. Well, you know, I, I hesitate to say all adoptees feel this. You know, I believe they do, but some may not recognize mm-hmm. what's happening. Right. Uh, just the same way as with my books, you know, mm-hmm. the 20 things and the 20 choices. You mm-hmm. know, each one may not apply to every adoptee. Mm-hmm. So each one of us is unique, but I think it's really a good idea for people who know adoptees to be aware of these mm-hmm. certain statements we're going to talk about so that they can be careful and be sensitive to right. the person in their life. And I think it's important for prospective adopted parents also to learn this early on before they even have um, children that are, have joined their family through adoption to understand Absolutely. this. Because I think if we start out right away and, and do some correcting of um, our family members in a, in a gentle way, um, mm-hmm. you know, so that we can start out right away because I think that's one of the most difficult things. And in fact, we... We were having dinner the other day, and we, uh, a bunch of us were sitting around, and my son was there, and we were talking about the stupid things people say um, <laughs> and sharing some things when he was a baby. I had a woman come up to me when he was probably three years old and said, oh, he has beautiful blue eyes. Do you put contact lenses in him and his oh. eyes? And I thought, are you are you serious? And I, I was trying to be gracious, and, and it was just ridiculous, but she was very you know, honest. Um, so people say things in different ways that we need to kind of just uh, be able to answer. When might these feelings occur in an adoptee's heart? Is is it when they're very young or when they're older, or does it vary? It, it can occur at any time. It can occur when they're little. Mm-hmm. You know, anywhere, anywhere from age three up, our mm-hmm. little granddaughter Megan, you know, can have, I've seen her have these mixed feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, or because adoption is a lifelong journey, you mm-hmm. know, they can show up at any time. But I think, you know, the goal for the adoptee is to learn them mm-hmm. so that you're not thrown into a crisis emotionally when you hear them and just say, hey, you know, this is a trigger point for me. I'm going to just make a healthy choice now about how to respond. You know, this is just part of the package mm-hmm. of adoption. And we're going to share some of those, too, in just a little bit, too. But, you know, I think it's important for teachers, pastors, counselors, anybody that's working with, you know, especially children starting out, that they understand this. Um, Absolutely. And I think getting into the schools is, is key. And uh, even medical professionals that just don't know, and like you said, they would never do it if they un- understood what they were saying. No, it's it's not a, a bad intention that prompts it. It's, it's a good intention, but mm-hmm. it's, um, you know, without mm-hmm. understanding of the adoptee. Well, it's obvious, too, um, that the adoptee is experiencing discomfort when we're saying this. I mean, can we tell by their face or by their body language or... Sometimes we might be able to tell. I mean, mm-hmm. they may shut down emotionally. They mm-hmm. they may get a frown on their face. But, you know, we adoptees are very well defended. Mm-hmm. And so you may not know. And I think, uh, you know, it depends on if they wear their heart on their sleeve or if they're used to, you know, um, communicating. You're right. So you may not know that you're even saying something that's discomfort. That's right. Mm-hmm, to them all. Well, let's go ahead and look at, um, you know, you list six well-intended statements that, cause mixed feelings. Um, you know, I'd like to talk about each of those six. And if, if people, you know, listening would like to, um, you have a one, you know, listen, would like to order or um, it's free. Actually, you, you have a tip sheet here, um, this whole list. 
and some really wonderful um, tip sheet here that you're going to offer to our listeners and we'll have available on the Let's Talk Adoption site. But um, if you have, if you want to make some notes now while we're talking about this, anybody listening that wants to put that down and maybe think about it, I, I would suggest, you know, definitely take a pen and pad out right now and do that. So let's talk about each one. Okay. Um, and I know you said no guilt. So, uh, you know, That's right. because I, I looked at this today and I went, oh, my word. Um, you give the adoptee translation and love language on your diagram. That's what we're going to be having, giving to people if they want to email us at info at letstalkadoption.com uh, or go to the website. Um, here's one. Your birth mother loved you so much that she gave you to us. Now, I have used something very similar to that. Why does that translate? doesn't translate into love uh, to an adoptee. This is a very common one, isn't mm-hmm. it? Yes. Uh, I think it's important to remember that no matter how loving the adoption mm-hmm. plan to the adoptee, absence equals abandonment. Mm-hmm. When that mm-hmm. mother somehow disappears from the scene, that child perceives it as abandonment. Mm-hmm. And so that's the lens of that's the lens that we look at life through mm-hmm. is a lens of rejection. And the adoptee figures, well, if love is what got rid of me, then I don't want anything to do with your love. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm going to push you away. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to receive your love. And I often tell people, um, you know, the song that goes, love and marriage, love and marriage go together like a horse and carriage. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you put love and abandonment, love and abandonment go mm-hmm. together like a horse and carriage, it's pretty mm-hmm. crazy, right? Well, yeah. And that's the way it is. That's the mm-hmm. way it sounds to an adoptee. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's really hard because we do do that, and we, you know, because children do ask, you know, why did they? And you know, birth moms do make choices out of love because they want something better. That's right. Um, so, what would you say then, in, in 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 place of that? I would say your birth parents weren't able to parent any baby mm-hmm. at that time. You want to be careful not to say you because that will place shame on the child. I learned that from adoptive parents. Mm-hmm. Um, they just were not able or were not re- not able, I, I don't want to say that, they weren't ready to mm-hmm. be a parent at that mm-hmm. time or they weren't um, ready to parent any baby mm-hmm. at that time. And that's really good. And I can see where the words are really important. And they do mean a lot. And people think, oh, just words. Well, words can really hurt too. So I understand that. Yeah. Here's another one we've used, and I hear people, and I just heard it this afternoon. Um, you are a chosen child. Oh yes, That's, gosh, guilty, guilty, guilty. But we don't want to go there. But so, so <laughs> that hasn't really been used for a long time. But we still hear it. We um, hear it all the time. In mm-hmm. fact, I think there's still a book out that's mm-hmm. been revised by that name. Yeah, and uh, it it began in the 1940s. I mean, that was mm-hmm. what my parents read to me. I mm-hmm. was I had a whole fantasy of the chosen child out of mm-hmm. all the babies in the whole world. You know, they chose me, mm-hmm. and I loved it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the problem with that book back then, I'm not saying now, but Mm -hmm. back then was that they didn't even mention the birth parents. Yes, totally void of that. Yes, Mm -hmm. and this is such an important part of the puzzle for Mm -hmm. an adopted person, Mm -hmm. the birth parent um, subject. And we just had a a, a woman uh, with adoption, you know, an adult woman that was adopted at birth and she's 37 years and she looked back so we just had this and these these phrases do come up even with adoptees too at times so i think it's important sure we're going to take a quick break when we come back here we're going to go ahead and share um, the next few we have uh, five more um, phrases that we want to learn to um, reword for the the good of our adoptees too so we'll be right back after this quick break 
On my 18th birthday, I made a decision that would affect me forever. I chose life for my baby. I wasn't ready to be a mom or even to change my dreams of being a singer. Many of my friends offered to help me end my pregnancy. But then I learned about another option that provides a beautiful life for my baby, adoption. I was able to choose my son's parents and even meet them at the hospital. They love him so much and he's an answer to their prayers. I get emails and pictures from them. I even travel to visit my son each year. He has wonderful parents, an awesome life, and a solid future. Everything I wanted for him. And now, I've even moved to Nashville to follow my dreams. I chose life. I chose adoption. Open adoption means you make the choices. Choose the adoptive family, how much contact you want, and how you want the adoption to happen. To learn more about adoption, call 1-800-923-6784 or visit LifetimeAdoption.com. You can speak with a compassionate counselor confidentially 24 hours a day. Call Lifetime at 1-800-923-6784. I'm Marty Caldwell on KFIA AM 710. And if you just joined the program, we're sharing with you some of the practical advice on love language of an adoptee with our author and speaker, Sherry Eldridge. Um, Sherry has uh, two wonderful books out, and we're going to share with you where you can go to find those books. Uh, in fact, um, if you would like to go to her site, she has quite a bit of information there. It's Sherry Eldridge, S-H-E-R-R-I-E-E-L-D-R-I-D-G-E.com. And uh, Sherry is also a gifted speaker as well if you're looking for a speaker for your uh, event coming up. Sherry, before we left, we were talking about the how some of the words and the phrases we use translate um, into something completely different to an adoptee's ears uh, yeah. and the love languages of adoptees. So we were sharing a little bit about how you know, your birth mom loved you so much that she gave you to us and how that just doesn't translate well and that you are a chosen child. We talked about that. So what would we say instead of a chosen child – Basically, what is a replacement for that? Um, because we did talk about, you know, that your right. birth parents weren't able to parent any baby at that yeah. time. Um, one way to do that would be to acknowledge and honor the birth parents. And mm-hmm. you could say you have two sets of parents, mm-hmm. one who gave you birth and another that gave you a home and love. Mm-hmm. Lucky us that we got you. Mm-hmm. And I always emphasize to people here that, it's so important to us as adoptees that you acknowledge and honor our birth parents. They are an integral, important part of us. And oftentimes when I say that, adoptive parents get intimidated or afraid, but we have a special place in our heart for adoptive parents and birth parents. And so we're not in competition. No. So when you honor the birth parents, you honor your child mm-hmm. and communicate unconditional love to them. And that is just key right there. If you'd repeat that again, that is so key. When you honor the birth parents, you honor your child. Mm-hmm. If you don't honor the birth parents, your child is subconsciously going to believe mm-hmm. that something is inherently wrong with her. And I, I totally agree. And I think even if your birth parents had challenges in their life, that does not translate to that child. That's and, right. And, and so... And, and that parent, I mean, even even in the most negative, painful history situation, that parent still carried, the birth mother carried that baby mm-hmm. sacrificially for That's nine right. months. That's that right. was mm-hmm. the baby's first home. Mm-hmm. And the DNA of the father, you know, helped determine that beautiful personality of your child. Mm-hmm. 
so give them honor for that if that's the only thing you can give them honor for, right. and that will communicate unconditional love to the child. Yeah. Well, here's another one, too. Accentuate the positive. How does adoptee hear this? What do they think when they hear this? And Well, when we hear that, we, we think that we can only say nice things about adoption or else mm-hmm. mommy and daddy or mom and dad are going to get upset. We may see a puckering lip or a little tear come out of their eye, you know. Uh, We have to always be happy, happy, happy. And that uh, translates to us as you can't be who you are. You just have to be, um, everything has to be a blessing. And and so you can never really have true feelings if you're, you know, you can't express your true feelings. That's right. Mm -hmm. That's right. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's just so unhealthy in any situation in life, you know. Um, This is very prevalent in religious circles, especially Mm -hmm. this romantic idea that it's only a blessing. And, Mm -hmm. you know, that just puts a tremendous uh, amount of pressure on parents and children Mm -hmm. um, to always have a happy face on. And life just isn't that way. Yeah. And what can we say to our children to allow them to give them permission to be able to feel and to share their feelings? Well, one idea might be to say everything in life is happy and sad. Mm-hmm. The same is true for adoption. It's okay for you to feel sad and ha- and happy and to talk to us about all your feelings. You can call them double-dip feelings if mm-hmm. you want to. The, you know, when the kids think about a double-dip ice cream cone, you know, right. one dip is sad, one one mm-hmm. dip is happy. And, mm-hmm. in fact, there's a little pamphlet called that if mm-hmm. people look on Amazon.com that mm-hmm. might help them. That's good um, to know. So that, I just, I just verbalizing those little simple things can really help them quite a bit. Here's another one, um, illegitimate. Now, I don't, I don't think people use that too often, but maybe some older people do. You would be surprised, Marty, really? how often that word comes up. No kidding. Yes, it does. And, I, you know, for an adoptee, it's just like a knife going through the heart. Oh, that just breaks because, my heart. Yeah, it says to us, you know, we have no right to be alive, our mm-hmm. life, our, because of our conception, you know, the circumstances surrounding our conception, uh, we are a mistake. Mm-hmm. And uh, I can't tell you how many adoptees I've heard say this. Wow. And what can we, what, I mean, and, and do you stop? I mean, I know I stop people if I hear them on the road or someplace and I'll gently correct them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I guess I just don't have, I haven't heard people say this, but I know that you're around a lot of circles where you do hear this. What do you say then to someone that says that? What's well, I think I think it has to be a deep answer because it's a deep wound, mm-hmm. and I I believe the answer is God made you, and He doesn't make mistakes. Yes, that's really good. Mm-hmm. That's very true. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I love what Leah Zell says that any two people can make love, but only God can create a life. Mm. So we are not a mistake, and you know it's like a tapestry. We can only mm-hmm. see the underneath and all the little strings hanging down right. and everything. Right. But God sees the whole picture, and He planned our lives. That's right. We are I mean, not a mistake. I think that's key, and there are no mistakes. And actually, Leah Zell was a guest on my show. She's um, a few couple of years ago, and her archive program is on our program too. If anybody's interested in hearing that, mm. it's quite good. Here's another yeah. one. We've got two more. Um, you are special, and I do hear that one quite often, and I hear that. Um, from even family members. Um, yeah, and people try so hard. I mean, they're trying to make you feel special, mm-hmm, you know. Yeah. Um, the way it translates to us as adoptees often is it's not okay just to be me. I have to try hard to be something special. I have mm-hmm. to perform, perform, perform. Mm. It sounds like pressure, pressure, pressure. I just mm-hmm. can't be me, yes. you know. And and that's hard. Um, 
instead, if, if you want to speak the love language, very simply, just say, we love you and always will, just as you are. You don't have to do anything mm-hmm. for us to love you. We just love you. Just You don't have to do a thing. I remember looking at my grandsons, my first twin-born twin grandsons, and thinking, little babies, you don't have to do a darn thing for me to love you. I just adore mm-hmm. you. Yes. And that's what you want to communicate. Um, and, and often adoptive parents will, you know, just go ballistic with me and say, Sherry, you know, can I tell my kids that they're special? Mm-hmm. Well, of course you can. Right. But don't put it in the context of adoption. Mm-hmm. It should be special, all children, whether they're biological or that's inner right. family through adoption. And, um, and I know one question we get off, and I say this too, is that um, with, with our four children, um, some entered the family through adoption, some through um, infertility, and some through step-parent adoption, all different things. And I have people stop, and when they find out I'm uh, you know, in, in adoption or a radio talk show host or a, an author, and they'll say, oh, which of your children are adopted? And so I've come to a, a, you know, a phrase. I say, you know what? I just can't remember. You know, we just got <laughs> so, so much good. going on. And the kids like it because you can't tell. They just, you know, and so it, it just takes all the pressure off the children, all of them. Uh-huh. And um, so we just kind of have to throw some fun into that and then and just focus on something else. Yeah, and, because none of us like to be labeled as different. No, right, exactly. And, and that's what this word does. Well, it reminds me of someone that says, you know, I, I've had a mastectomy, and then they're wondering, you know, which breast. I mean, it just it's horrible, and I hate to say that, but it's, <laughs> oh, it's like, you know, someone that you just don't want to be focused out and have someone wondering. So the last one is, we love you just like our own. Ow, ow. Ooh, we, that We hurts. love you just like our own. Do adoptees struggle often with feelings that they don't belong? I know. Yes, they do. Mm -hmm. Healthy, you know, high-functioning adoptees struggle with this. I still struggle with this. Mm -hmm. And and as I said before, it's only a trigger for me now. It's not an overwhelming feeling, Mm -hmm. but it's part of the package of being adopted. And Mm -hmm. if adoptees can understand this, it kind of normalizes it. You know, Mm -hmm. you can recognize it and say, oh, there it is again, and just Mm -hmm. go on and make a healthy choice. But... um, the adoptee translation for that would be, why are you trying to make me like you? I'm mm-hmm. not like you. Mm-hmm. I'm unique. Um, you know, parents would, uh, people would say to me, well, your parents have dark hair and dark eyes, and so do you. Mm-hmm. You know, that makes you just like them, you mm-hmm. know, trying to make me, you know, better. fit us all together. Mm-hmm. And uh, it always just never set right with me. I had those cognitive feelings. Um, that you had. But, well, briefly, as we are getting ready to wrap up here, I, yeah. what would you say then on something like that? Because I think a lot of older people just, you know, we like we like our grandchildren, all our grandchildren, even the ones that came through adoption, just like our own. And I think, mm-hmm. well, what would you say to someone? What do they say instead of that? We love the unique things you add to our family. What mm-hmm. would what would our family be without you? Yeah. I mean, you are so incredible. Yeah. I think that's a great a great. Um, line too, you know, and I think this is going to be a program that people will need to listen to again. And we're we'll have this show available for purchase um, later on if people want to, you know, purchase this, uh, help us support the show, and uh, also have this to give to friends and family. I think it'll be great. Sherry, you've been wonderful on the show. I want to remind everybody, uh, SherryEldridge.com, um, S H E R R I E E L D R I D G E dot com. Thank you so much for being on the show again. I appreciate it. Thank you, Marty. It's been a pleasure. Well, thank you. And uh, we look forward to having you back again. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Well, listen, I'd like to remind you again to visit our site for the archive. Sherry has been on the show before. We have some wonderful information on there for all the triad, for everybody in the family. 
And we hope that you'll learn a lot from um, what you find on Lifetime and on Let's Talk Adoption, too. Until next week, this is Marty Caldwell on uh, KFIA. Have a wonderful week, and we'll see you next week. God bless you. Thank you for joining us for Let's Talk Adoption with Marty Caldwell. For more adoption information, visit LifetimeAdoption.com or call 1-800-923-6784. That's 1-800-9-ADOPT-4. And tune in again next week at the same time for Let's Talk Adoption with Marty Caldwell.